The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh dear listeners you are tuned in to Inspire FM 105.1 my name is Ismail and you are listening to the Welcome to Islam show as you know this is a platform for new muslims so if you are a new muslim or if you are thinking of accepting islam please do get in touch with us because we want to hear your story we want to hear from you what have you got to express not just your story it could be any challenges you are facing or you know anything you've got to share with us for today's episode we are going to play a webinar that was organized by islamwise so this webinar was aimed at new muslims and the topic is beginner's guide to seeking knowledge because this webinar was about 2 hours long so um we have to divide this into two parts and today we will be playing the part 1 of this uh, sub series and as i mentioned this is pre-recorded so we won't be able to take live calls uh, like we usually do uh without further ado let's go ahead and listen to a beginner's guide to seeking knowledge by Sheikh Abdul Rahim Makathi Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala wa ba'd I will start in this tonight's webinar the beginner's guide to seeking knowledge and as we start it's important that we remind ourselves of the virtues of seeking knowledge and before that our need for knowledge because anything in life once we realize how much we need it it's going to help us and inspire us to be able to what to focus and to enter into this quest to gain it whatever it might be in life here we're talking about knowledge but whatever it is if we see you have a need for it we're going to strive inshallah ta'ala in order to uh, obtain it inshallah ta'ala when it comes to our need for knowledge imam ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala He said that the mankind's need for knowledge is more important than their need for food and drink. Allahu Akbar. Why is this? He said because their need for food and drink, he said they might need it in a day, perhaps any once or twice you need to eat. But he said when it comes to knowledge as a Muslim, you need it all through your day and all through your night. Therefore, the need for knowledge is more important than that of food and drink as Imam Ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala said. also we cannot act upon our, our religion upon islam unless we have knowledge and that's why imam sufyan ibn uyayna rahimahullah when he was asked about the virtues of knowledge he said don't you hear when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts with the knowledge in the verse in surah muhammad fa'lam annahu la ilaha illallah wastaghfir li dhanbik any to learn la ilaha illallah to know it to understand it fa'lam annahu la ilaha illallah and then seek forgiveness for your sins So Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala started with the knowledge first and then he came after that with the actions and that's why Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala in his book Sahih al-Bukhari he started with the chapter of knowledge before al-qawl al-'amal having knowledge before the statement and before the actions you have to have the knowledge first and he mentioned the same verse here from surah Muhammad fa'lam annahu la ilaha illallah when you look into the Quran in the verse in, in surah uh, In Surah Taha Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala commanded the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said wa qur rabbi zidni ilma say oh my lord increase me in knowledge 
Subhanallah. And as Imam Al-Qurtubi and others said that all throughout the Quran, it shows you that the Prophet was never asked or never commanded, it was never commanded to ask Allah to increase him in something except for knowledge. And that shows the sharaf, how, how the, the, the honor and the status of the knowledge, that was the one thing that the Prophet wasallam was ordered to what? To ask Allah to increase him in. And it's very important to understand what happens if we do not gain knowledge. If we do not gain knowledge, pay attention to this hadith in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, where the Prophet wasallam said, Man bihi khayran That whoever Allah wishes, wishes good for, whoever Allah wishes good for, that he bestows upon him the fiqh, meaning the understanding of this religion. The scholars said that we understand and we take from this hadith that the individual that Allah does not want good for, that he does not grant him the knowledge and understanding of the religion. So if someone has knowledge and understanding of the religion, then it's a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good for him. Therefore, we must strive to obtain this. We must strive to obtain it so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us with good and show us to the way of good, inshallah ta'ala. With knowledge or without knowledge, not having knowledge is one of the main reasons of the situation of the ummah today. When you look at the situation of the ummah, they've gone astray in so many ways. When it comes to the issue of bid'ah, of innovation, and going away from the true teachings of the Quran and the Sunnah, all of this starts where? With the ignorance and not having knowledge of the religion. When you look at the deviant ideologies, not just the Islamic ideologies that are spread throughout the Muslim world, or even for the Muslims like us living in the West, these ideologies, you have now so-called liberal Muslims and secular Muslims and all of these different political movements. Even in some countries, I found that they have a communist party. They call themselves the communist party and they say that they're Muslims at the same time. Allah Akbar. All of this, the, the corrupt political situation that we see in front of us, all of this comes from the issue of not having knowledge. In the past, when the colonizer came to... Uh, to, to, to conquer or to take over the, the Muslim countries, how were they able to spread their poison and their ideologies in the, in the societies? And even till today, as it remains like that, it's because the Muslims had went away from knowledge. And that's why Imam Ibn Qayyim, when he described the issue of knowledge, he said that, well, uh, the importance of having knowledge, he talked about ignorance in his book or his work known as Anonia, which is over 5,000 ver uh, verses of poetry that he ends each verse with the noon, the, le the letter noon in Arabic alphabet. And he said, He said that the jahl, ignorance, is a disease that kills. And he said that its cure is two things that come in order, which is a nas, a text from the Quran or from the Sunnah, and the one who teaches this is the Alam of Rabbani, the scholar who is a Rabbani. I'm going to mention, inshallah ta'ala, later on in, the, in, this, um, in this webinar, what is the definition of the scholar who is a Rabbani, inshallah ta'ala. The other point that shows us the importance, and we'll make this the last point, uh, of our need for knowledge. The fact that the first verse revealed to our beloved Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa the first ayah that came down in the Quran was what? Iqra, read. This shows us that this ummah, that this ummah is a ummah of ilm, of knowledge. This nation of Muslims, that we are a nation of knowledge, and it starts with knowledge, and we need to focus on knowledge. Iqra, this is the first verse revealed to our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa When we look into the virtues of seeking knowledge, all throughout the books, 
uh, that the scholars have written for the, the works of hadith, you'll find, if we go back here, you see the explanation of Sahih Bukhari. If we were to go in the beginning, you're going to see Bab al-Ilm, the chapter of Ilm, and the uh, second book in Sahih Bukhari, where the Imam al-Bukhari focused on some of these virtues and the importance and the status of knowledge. And like this, all of the other uh, books, hadith, the scholars focus on this as well. All through the Quran, all through the Sunnah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us, and the Sunnah of beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shows us the importance of knowledge and how much we need to focus on knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us a question in Surah Al-Zumar. And this question, the objective of it, is not just to state a fact, but to get us to start to reflecting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ هَلْ are those who know equal to those who don't know? To get us reflecting the importance of having knowledge and the importance of not being ignorant. And this is how the Muslim should be in all aspects of his life. When it comes to the religious side, when it comes to the worldly side, when it comes to this his general thaqaf, his general knowledge of the world he lives in, a Muslim has to be someone who is learnt and well-based and well-rounded in all of those areas, inshallah ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us the status of those who were granted knowledge in Mujadala when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that Allah will raise those who have believed among you and those who were given knowledge by degrees. The Prophet وسلم, showed us وسلم, what happens when we come to obtain knowledge. And my brothers and sisters, it's very important these virtues that we encourage us and inspire us inshallah ta'ala to be able to uh, benefit and to truly obtain knowledge inshallah ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in the hadith, وَمَا اجْتَمَعَ قَوْمٌ فِي بَيْتٍ مِنْ بِيُوتِ اللَّهِ يَتْلُونَ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَيَتَدَارِسُونَهُ بَيْنَهُمْ That any group of people who assemble in one of the houses of Allah, in one of the masajid, they're reciting the book of Allah and they're learning it and teaching it amongst themselves. What happens? Four amazing things. Pay attention. First of all, uh, that the tranquility will descend upon them. And that the mercy will engulf them. And the angels will surround them. And Allah will make mention of them to the angels who is in his who is around those subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens. SubhanAllah, this is some of the rewards, some of the ajr. Another hadith will mention, amazing hadith, which was a man came to Abu Darda radiallahu an in Damascus. And he said, what brings you here, my brother? He replied, a hadith reached me, from, which you narrated from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said, you only came for this hadith? Or do you have something else? You have something else you need from me? He said, no, he said, I only came. He said, you have some business, you have this. What's bringing you here all the way to Damascus? He said, no, I did not come except for seeking this hadith. And then he gave him the glad tidings from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, whoever takes a path upon which he seeks knowledge, then Allah makes a path easy for him to paradise. Allah Akbar. This is the first thing. The second thing he said, and indeed the angels lower their wings in approval to the one who is seeking knowledge. And he said, indeed, forgiveness is sought for the knowledgeable one, the one who has knowledge of his deen. 
by whomever is in the heavens and whoever is in the earth. He said, even in the fishes in the water. When you're someone who learned your religion, that everything from the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeks forgiveness for you. Allah Akbar. And he said the superiority of the scholar over the abid, over the worshiper, he said it's like the superiority of the sun over the stars when it comes to its brightness. And then he said that the scholars are the hairs of the, of the prophets. They're the true followers of the prophets. And he said that the prophets did not leave behind any dinar or dirham. They didn't leave any money behind. He said the only legacy of the scholars is, is, is that of knowledge. So whoever takes it, whoever takes from this, then in fact he has acquired an abundant portion. This is another hadith which shows us the virtues and the importance and the status of those who seek knowledge. And we have a gift tonight, inshallah ta'ala, for those reverts. From those who registered, we have about 47 reverts. And with me, inshallah, 48, inshallah ta'ala, who are registered with us uh, tonight to attend uh, this webinar. A glad tidings, inshallah ta'ala, for all of us from the reverts. Alhamdulillah, perhaps inshallah even some of our Muslim brothers and sisters who are people who are far away from the deen and then came back to the deen as well, inshallah, perhaps this hadith can uh, be for them as well. And the hadith in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the khiyarukum fil jahiliya, khiyarukum fil islam, idha faqihu. That those who are the best amongst you in the pre-Islamic period, in jahiliya, I mean before Islam, he said, they are the best amongst you in Islam as well <coughs> if they comprehend their religion. If they understand and have the fiqh of their religion, then they become the best of uh, the believers in Shalom Ta'ala. Those who were the best before, and then they become those who are the knowledgeable ones in Islam in Shalom Ta'ala. And seeking knowledge, and we're going to, inshallah, end with this before we go into one story, and then we'll go into how to obtain the knowledge in Shalom Ta'ala. When it comes to seeking knowledge, it's very important that we understand that the best form of worship, the best form of ibadah that we can do as Muslims, it's not fasting, it's not praying during the night, it's seeking knowledge. It's the superior act of ibadah, act of worship. Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma from the great Sahaba the cousin of Rasulullah the most knowledgeable of all of the companions of the Messenger of Allah he said to stay awake at night to revise knowledge, he said it's more beloved to me than praying all throughout the night. <coughs> this is student Qatada also a great scholar of Islam, he narrated this by his Shaykh Abdullah ibn Abbas Imam Sufyan al-Thawri he said ma min amalin awwal he said that there's no action that is more superior or better than seeking knowledge if the niya, if the intention is correct. Alhamdulillah. Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimullah, he said, He said the best type of voluntary action, he said it is knowledge and learning it. And Imam al-Shafi, rahimullah ta'ala, he said that Seeking knowledge, talab al-ilm, is afdham in salat al-nafila. He said that seeking knowledge is better than the voluntary prayer. Even the scholars said that even it's better than fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is narrated by Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhuma, and Imam Ahmed, both who said this. An amazing story, Imam al-Shafi, rahimahullah, he visited his student, 
who was Imam Ahmed Rahimullah, two great, amazing Imams. They come together and they were sitting during the night, they were talking a bit, and then Imam Ahmed left him. And he left him, obviously, his daughter, who had heard a lot about Imam Shafi and how great he was. They left some food for him to eat, and also they left for him the vessel to make the wudu from. When they came in the morning, they, they found that he hadn't eaten from the food except for a very small amount, and that he didn't use the wudu. So that means that he didn't pray during the night, and also he didn't make, <laughs> make wudu for Salat al-Fajr. That's what's apparent. So Imam Ahmed, when they, he started to ask him about this, because he was, knows him as someone who prays throughout the night and all of this, and he explained to him that the reason I didn't make wudu and the reason I didn't pray, <coughs> he said, I remembered an issue in fiqh. And he said, I started to reflect on this issue and all that we gained from it, and I stayed awake until fajr. That's why I didn't need to make wudu, because I was on the same wudu from, from Isha. He said, I stayed awake during the night, and he said, I was afraid if I would go make wudu and to pray the, the nafil prayer, that I would forget these things of knowledge, and knowledge is more important and more beneficial than the voluntary prayer. So this is the status and the virtues of seeking knowledge. It's important, as we said, to remind ourselves uh, every now and then to go through these type of hadith, through these type of statements of the scholars, because this is a reminder and it's an encouragement. Because what's going to happen when we go on the path, we're going to go up and down. We're going we're to find ourselves, mashallah, we're seeking knowledge, and then we fall down. And with these type of hadith, these ayat, these statements of our scholars, they're going to be ways of encouraging us, inshallah ta'ala, to get back on the path and to remain and stay on the path, inshallah ta'ala. What is the key to success when it comes to obtaining and gaining knowledge? There's many keys, but perhaps there's two main things that are going to help us, inshallah ta'ala, in obtaining and benefiting from our knowledge. The first of those is the niyyah, the intention. And many people ask, how can we have proper intention when it comes to seeking ilm, when it comes to seeking knowledge as Muslims? What should the intention be? The best quote that I've found, and I've taken it for myself as a way to have the proper niyyah, inshallah ta'ala, may Allah accept from us all, it taken from Imam Ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala who said, Al-ilm la ya'diluhu he said that the ilm knowledge, there's nothing equivalent to it if the knee is correct. So they asked him, then how can we have the correct niyyah? What is the correct niyyah? He said that the correct niyyah is, he said, He said the correct intention is to intend to raise the ignorance on yourself, first of all, and then to raise it on others. You want to become someone who knows your religion to remove the ignorance from yourself, and then to help others, to remove the others. Because this is the way of the believer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he tells us every single any human, every mankind in the world, he's in loss. Except for those who believe. And they act. And then what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say after that? That they are the ones who prescribe the good for others, and they're the ones that have sabr as well. So this is the way of the believer. Once you have it, you want to share it with others. And this is how we have, inshallah ta'ala, the pure intention when it comes to seeking knowledge. Knowing what Allah, the second key is to know what is, what is beneficial knowledge. What is beneficial knowledge? What is beneficial knowledge? And this is knowing, what, first of all, what is true knowledge? How do, know, how do we know what is beneficial how do we know what is beneficial? That first of all, it is true knowledge. And what is true knowledge? True knowledge is, as Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala said it, 
he said, Al-ilm, qala Allah, qala Rasulahu, qala sahabatu, hum ulul irfani, that the knowledge is what Allah said, and what his messenger said, and what the sahaba said. This is knowledge. This is true knowledge. That is what Allah said, and it's what the messenger said, and it's what the sahaba said, radiallahu anhum. This is what knowledge is. And once we know what true knowledge is, the second thing that is beneficial knowledge, the first thing to know how, how to know that knowledge is beneficial is that it is true knowledge, as we said. The second thing is that it is the knowledge that brings us closer to Allah. It is the knowledge that brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ibn Qayyim, he said that every type of knowledge, every type of knowledge and action that does not bring you closer to Allah. It doesn't increase in your iman. He said, it doesn't increase in your iman, then it's a knowledge that has been corrupted. Meaning something is entered that makes it not pure. Anything that is pure, it's going to bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are going to benefit from it. After we know this, ya khuan, we know these two keys, it's important that we understand the nature of the path. Now, and we know the virtues, we know our need for knowledge. We know that the main keys is our intention and that it's beneficial knowledge. And that beneficial knowledge, it's true knowledge of what Allah says, what his messenger says, and of what the Sahaba, the way of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. And it's any knowledge that brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is what's meant by the knowledge. Imam al-Dhahabi, rahimahullah ta'ala, when he wrote the biography of Imam al-Fudil ibn Iyad, he mentioned how he would weep and he would cry and even marks were left on his face from the khashiyah, from the fear he had of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the hope he had that Allah would save him from the hellfire. He said, subhanAllah, he said, and do you want from knowledge? He said, and what, and he said is the object, what is the objective from knowledge except for what Al-Fulay has reached? This is the objective. And this is what Allah tells us in the Quran, in Surah Fatir, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ that the ones who truly fear Allah from his servants are the ulama, the ones who truly know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is true beneficial knowledge, the knowledge that helps us and brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that, it's important and it, that we know the nature of the path because now we're going to take the path to seek knowledge. We need to know what is the nature of this path that we're about to start. In a nutshell, we can say it in a couple of words, what is the nature of this path, and then we'll explain each one of these. First of all, it's long. It's difficult. It needs dedication and consistency. And it needs to be gradual, step by step. And even though it's long, it's difficult, it needs all of this dedication, all of this hard work, the fifth thing that we need to realize is that there's nothing more beneficial and more fulfilling, and it's going to make you feel better inside than obtaining knowledge. And this is something that any of the scholars or students of knowledge can tell you. So this sums up what is the nature of this path. We said that it's long. First of all, you need to realize when it comes to seeking knowledge, you're never going to be able to learn everything. You're never going to be able to grasp everything and learn everything. The Islamic knowledge is the most vast science anywhere in the world. Go, for example, now to the Library of Congress in America, and you'll find the largest section is going to be the Islamic books. The scholars wrote so much about it. They say it's, it's a never-ending bahar, a sea of knowledge 
But obviously, you can gain a lot, you can learn a lot, but you're, not, you're never going to learn everything. When we look at the scholars, <clears throat> how the scholars of Islam were, they were consistent in seeking knowledge and being students of knowledge. Imam Ahmed, ta'ala, the great scholar of Islam, the scholar of Al-Sunnah al he was seen one day, and he was walking down uh, the street, and he had with him, you know how they had back in the day, the ink, the ink pen that you have to dip it into the, thing, the sand, and then you have to write like this. So they saw Imam Ahmed with this ink pen, and he's, uh, he's writing down things, and they said, Imam Ahmed ma'al mihbara, they call it the mihbara, the stand where you, you dip it into, and he said something, not being ashamed, because maybe you might be shy about that, because you look like a young student. Uh, not, you don't look like a great imam and a great scholar. So Imam Ahmed, he said something so profound. He said, Ma'al-Mihbara He said, I'll be with the Mihbara. I'll have my inkstand and my pen and writing down and benefiting until I reach the Mahbara, until I reach the graveyard. And subhanAllah, I remember recently when I was studying, and I still study, I have it in front of me now all the time, all of my different pens. You can see all of my different things, my highlighters. This is that's how I do. When I go to my books, I'm, 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 I'm always uh, highlighting and, and making the marks. This is the book I was teaching recently. Some of the brothers, you can see even inside that house still, they, it, it, it's, I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's, it's highlighted. And that's, that's how I studied from the beginning when I was a student in Medina. And that's how I continue to study now and how to continue to teach. So brothers like, yeah, you look like a, a young kid with your highlighter shit. I look like that, I look like that. I go to the coffee shop, I put my pens out in front of me, <laughs> and alhamdulillah, I, 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 this is how I study. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how we see the example of Imam Ahmed, and that's why we mention these type of stories to be inspiration for us to be like our scholars, inshallah ta'ala, to try to be like them. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. SubhanAllah, even on the deathbed, if you look back through the stories that even some of the scholars, they're on their deathbed, and they heard a hadith, and he said, Uktubu, write it down. And the scholars, were, and his students were, were surprised around him that he's on his deathbed, and he's telling us, write down this hadith. And he said, I don't want any knowledge to come that we didn't benefit from. He's, he's dying, rahimahullah ta'ala. Even I remember the story of one of the big scholars in our time. He was in the hospital, he was very sick, and his son told us the story of how he was doing. And he said that my father would always make me come with the books, always come and, 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 re, and read to him. So he's always constantly coming and reading to his father, subhanAllah. And he would say, my father, from the sickness, he would pass out. And then he'd wake up and he would say, Iqra, read, continue to read, because he wants to continue to benefit. And this is the way of the scholars. It's, something, it's a long way. It's a continuous way. And as the scholars said, that if you give the knowledge, all of you, it will give you some of it. If you give knowledge all of yourself, then you will get some of it in return. The second description we said that the path is difficult. Imam uh, Ibn Abi Kathir, ta'ala, he said, لا ينال العلم al jasid." He said that you will never obtain knowledge while your body is relaxed. I mean, you can't just be chilling and think the knowledge is going to come. You would have to work hard. And I remember that even when we would say, as students in Medina and how we would have to work. We, back in the day, we had 25 uh, classes a week in the university. And one time we sat down with some of the brothers and we looked at how many classes we had outside. And I myself had about 25, some of the brothers had a bit less, or some had a bit more. So that's 50 lessons per week. 
And that's how it was. But if any, it, it, it'd be difficult. You wouldn't be able to sleep that much. But if you want to gain some type of knowledge, this is what you have to put in it. And like anything in life, what you put in is what you get back in Shalotana. We said that we have to have the third thing is consistency and dedication. We have to be consistent and we have to be dedicated. Imam Abu Hanifa, he said that if we were to learn three masail, three different issues of knowledge every day, that this is what we should do. We should try to learn at least three new things every day. We tell the brothers and sisters, Bismillah, let's list. <laughs> we're Masakin, where are we from the Abu Hanifa? Let's just learn, learn one thing. If we learn one thing a day in, in a year, how many will we have learned? If we learn one thing a day, we're going to learn about how many a year? People are saying 365, I'm sure. It's actually 355. 355 to 360 because it is the Muslim calendar. On our calendar, we're going to learn about 355 because some days are going to be 29, some days are going to be 30 on the Islamic calendar. So roughly about 355 issues a year. If we start doing that tonight, from after this lecture, inshallah, this time next year, on the 4th of November, it's going to be 365. But if we go on our calendar, it's going to be about 355 around this time next year. Alhamdulillah. Then that's, alhamdulillah, one thing a day, just one thing, continuing. And that's how you gain the knowledge. The scholars mention that it's important to just be continuous, every day continue. You're going to have your ups and downs. Realize that. You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. What's important, one of the key things is that the muraja that we constantly revise, and we're going to mention that towards the Indian Shalotala. So even if you're not learning a lot, at least you're revising what you took in the past. And wallahi, my brothers and sisters, we have no excuse in the days we live in. Because now, with the technology that we have, we can just take our phones and we can listen to, to the knowledge. We can listen to the knowledge. We put the headphones in, bismillah. We listen to the knowledge, alhamdulillah. And we have, even if it's just the Quran, and you don't have to go and study a lecture all the time. The Quran, how we can benefit from it. And sometimes I'm tired, I put the headphones in, and I just listen to the Quran, and you're reflecting. And the, all of us have the Quran on our phones, alhamdulillah. So don't think it has to be like some, uh, you know, Islamic lecture, Islamic science, not listening to the Quran, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best thing we can listen to. We sit down and listen to the Quran and we reflect on it. So say, today I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling I'm going to read today, I'm not, I haven't read anything. You know what? I don't feel good, but what makes me feel good always is this amazing thing about the Quran. Listen to the Quran, you relax, you feel good inside, subhanAllah. So we sit down, we listen to the Quran, we reflect on some of its meanings and we're going to be learning. Allah, alhamdulillah. We're going to be reminding ourselves and doing muraja'ah, uh, revising our, our hiv and knowing the ayat. So it's beneficial. Alhamdulillah, we have no excuse to not have a day that we benefit something in Shalotara. What's important now, my brothers and sisters, when it comes to being consistent in our quest to obtain knowledge, is that we never give up. We never give up. There's an amazing story that Imam Al-Khatib Al-Baghdadi, in his book, Al-Jami' Bayan Al-Adab Al-Sami' He said uh, about a man who had been seeking knowledge for a long time. And pay attention and he, closely to the story because many of us, we start to seek knowledge and we feel we haven't obtained. And then we say, I've been doing it for how many years and I haven't gained the knowledge that I wanted. Therefore, we leave the path. There's something about the hadith process I'm going to mention about this later, inshallah, as well. But pay attention to the story because many of us fall into that. We've been seeking knowledge for several years and we, we feel we still haven't gained what we wanted to. So this individual who was a student of hadith and he had been with the scholars for so long and studying with them, but he 
hadn't reached the level and he hadn't gained what he thought he would have gained in that time. So he gave up and he quit seeking knowledge. One day he was out walking and he sat down next to a stream. And he said that next to the stream, he was just looking and reflecting. And he saw that there was a drop of water on, on, the, on the side of the stream that was coming down onto a rock. And then a little bit later, that drop would drop again. And he noticed that on this huge boulder, huge rock, that this water over time had caused a hole in that rock. Just a drop of water. And then a little bit later, another drop. And eventually it caused a hole inside of this big boulder, this big rock. And he looked at that and he said, how, and he, he said something amazing. He said that how, how, how soft the water is and how hard that rock is. And he looked at his situation and knowledge. And it's the same thing. It's that one drop. That's what many of the scholars mention. That what is the ilm? What is the knowledge? What is true knowledge? How do you obtain it? And he said, just like, they said, just like the sail, just like the flood. How does the flood come? It starts with a drop. It all starts drop by drop by drop, and eventually you'll get there. But we have to be what? We have to be continuous, inshallah ta'ala. The fourth thing we said is that we have to do it gradually and step by step. Imam Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned, uh, it was mentioned by Imam Ibn Abdul Bar, and something interesting about that, Ibn Abdul Bar, he has a book about uh, seeking knowledge and being a student of knowledge, and also mentioned before, Al-Khatib al-Baghdari, the book before, and both of them have books about seeking knowledge, big books, some of them printed in, in two volumes. Both of them, Imam Ibn Abdul Bar was known as the scholar Alam of Al-Maghrib. He was the scholar of the, uh, of the West of the Ummah. And Imam Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi, he was known as Alam Al-Mashriq. Uh, Al he was known as the scholar of the East. He was in Baghdad. And he was in, the, the, in what we have like in, in, in Indulus and uh, Ibn Abdul Bar in that area. Uh, during that time. So here, these are the scholars, uh, or, or, or we'll say Morocco in those areas in the, around there in that, in that area, in Indulus. That, that was that, that area which is known as um, the, the, the Al-Maghrib. So he was in, in, from, from that region, and Ibn Abdul-Khatir al-Baghdadi was from Baghdad. Both of them, the scholars of, his, of the Ummah, and both of them died in the same year, subhanAllah. Both of them died 463 Hijrah. Something interesting that the scholars of Hadith mentioned, that he was known as the scholar of the East, and that was known as the scholar of the West, and they both died, subhanAllah, in the same year. And both of them have books known as the, the Jami' and Seeking uh, Knowledge, subhanAllah. He mentioned in this book that Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, the great Imam, that he said, مَنْ رَامَ الْعِلْمَ جُمْلَةِ ذَهَبَ عَنْهُ جُمْلَةِ وَإِنَّمَا يُطْلَبَ الْعِلْمَ عَلَى مَرُ الْأَيَامِ وَالْيَالِ He said that whoever tries to obtain all of the knowledge at once, that he'll lose it all. Because it needs to be gradual, it needs to be step by step. And we're going to mention in the end, inshallah, how to do that, inshallah ta'ala. But the point is, is that we have to know from the nature of the path, we're just talking about nature of the path now, that it has to be gradual, it has to be step by step. You start with the basics, and then you start to build your foundation, and you move up. Once you do that, you're going to be able to obtain knowledge, inshallah ta'ala. And we said the fifth thing is that even though it's a difficult path, it's going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, that there's nothing more beneficial and nothing more fulfilling than seeking knowledge. And that's why Imam Ahmed said in the quote we mentioned earlier, Al-ilm la that the knowledge, he said, there's nothing equivalent to it. This is the reality of knowledge. The feeling you get inside when you learn about your religion. What happens when you learn your religion? When you have knowledge, 
it increases in your iman. It increases in your belief. And when your iman increases with your knowledge, your yaqeen, your certainty increases. And that's why Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah he said with those two things, which is al-iman wal yaqeen. With iman and yaqeen, he said, tanal al-imama fid-deen, that you, you reach the high ranks of the religion. Once you have strong iman and strong yaqeen, and all of that starts with the knowledge. Once we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, once we know our deen, then we're going to increase in our iman and we're going to increase in our yaqeen, our certainty, inshallah ta'ala. And that's the benefit, the true benefit and blessings of the im. As well, there's nothing more fulfilling than this knowledge once you obtain it, inshallah ta'ala. Many people say that, you know, they might get bored, I get bored. And this is the, the ways that we live in, the days that we live in today, subhanAllah. Imam Ibn Mubarak, rahimahullah ta'ala, Ibn al-Mubarak, he was asked, don't you become lonely? Because he used to sit by himself a lot, but he was sitting between his books. And he asked him, don't you get lonely? He said, how can I get lonely? He said, when I'm sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the Sahaba. You're sitting in the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and of the Sahaba. He said, how can I get bored? How can I get lonely when I'm sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and learning my deen? I'm sitting reflecting on the ayat of the Quran, on the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, learning what is the kalam of Allah, what is the meanings of the kalam of Allah. How can I get bored and how can I get lonely when this is what I have? SubhanAllah. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, after this, which has been a lot in the, as an introduction to know some of the virtues or need of the knowledge, the main keys to understand the nature of the path, now we're going to put a map in front of us, inshallah ta'ala, of how to actually go in and to obtain knowledge. When it comes to this map, I want to point out something very, very important. In the hadith we mentioned earlier, when the Prophet wasallam said, مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا يَبْتَغِي فِيهِ عِلْمًا سَهَلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ طَرِيقًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ That whoever takes a path and which he seeks knowledge, Allah will make a path for him to the paradise, make a path easy for him to the paradise. This is a, 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 we always look at this as being a glad tiding, and that's true. And first of all, there's two qawaid, or two principles I want to mention from this, this hadith of Rasulullah First of all, when he said that whoever takes the path. So just in tonight, us coming together on this webinar, and the brothers and sisters, inshallah, who watch later online, just us coming to learn what is the guide to seeking knowledge? How can we start? What is the guy helping? And then we can we start on the path. Just taking that path, we inshallah we have a guaranteed way from the Prophet to reach the Jannah. And when he said, whoever takes the path, he didn't say, and this is the principle I want to point out, the first principle. He didn't say, whoever obtains knowledge, whoever gains knowledge, it's whoever takes the path to what? To obtain knowledge. So if we just take the path, all we do is take the path, then inshallah. We're going to have an easy way to Jannah, inshallah ta'ala. That's the first thing. The second thing, when the Prophet said, Tariqan, this in Arabic language is nekira, which is a path. He didn't say the path. This is the only path to get there, which shows us there can be many paths that can lead to knowledge. And what's meant by this, meaning there's many paths, meaning that people are different. Pay attention. Not because we have what is beneficial knowledge. We're trying to get, all of us trying to reach the same goal, which is beneficial knowledge. The knowledge of the Qur'an, the knowledge of the Sunnah, and the knowledge of the Sahaba. This is what we're trying to reach. 
This is what we're trying to reach. But there could be different paths, meaning that I might tell you that the best time for you is to wake up two hours before Fajr. And this is where, I, I, end of the day, I'm tired. You know, my kids, mashallah, they're, they're full of energy. They're, they're, they're climbing on the ceiling, mashallah, during the day. And then I wake, if I wake up two hours before Fajr, Allah, I can work, I can read, I can, I can do all of this. This is for me. This works for me. Maybe it doesn't work for you. Maybe for you, say, well, I, I take two hours after my kids go to sleep at nighttime, and I, and I stay awake late at night, and that's better for me. Some people say, when I come home from work, I, I, I like to read during this time. I come home from work, I'm knocked out. So in general, I can give you some of the tips, but you're going to find, each person is going to find that different paths or different ways and are going to be easier for you. And what's meant is that you obtain and you reach the knowledge at the end, inshallah ta'ala. That's a very important principle that we mentioned at the beginning. So where do we start and what do we do to learn? It's important, first of all, that we know and we should ask all of us in our local, if we have scholars who are trustworthy scholars, who are scholars who follow the Quran and the Sunnah, that we go to them, we ask them for advice. Because I can give you advice here, but someone who's local and can assist you and, and, and hold your hand through the journey, that's much more beneficial for you. After that, it's important that we know what are the sources that we should go to. Because obviously, when you type in now to shake Google, different things about it, knowledge, you're going to find a whole bunch of different things. But we say Alhamdulillah and then Alhamdulillah that some of the best websites when it comes to gaining knowledge about certain issues, now pay attention because what I'm talking about here is, you know, like fatwas, to know what is halal, what is haram, what is the, the correct way according to Quran and Sunnah, but this is not the proper way to actually seek knowledge. Because seeking knowledge starts with, you know, studying knowledge and understanding it. But if we want to know where to go to understand something from religion. This is what I'm pointing out here only. So pay attention to the difference between that. That we have two of the most amazing websites, which alhamdulillah are in Arabic, English, and in many languages, which first of all is Islam Q&A. One of the most amazing websites, Sheikh Al-Munajid, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him for establishing his website and for um, uh, you know, all the hard work and all the effort that he put in. I visited him myself uh, when he was old before in, in, in Khubar, before he moved to Jeddah. And so I, I sat with him, I sat with his team, and I looked how they do everything you know, behind the scenes. Absolutely amazing uh, uh, project that he has there. And we see the benefit from it. Most of us probably have benefited a lot from this website. Amazing website. The other website is, uh, so this one is Islam Q&A. This is the first website. The second website is uh, Islam Web. Islam Web, which I believe is .net, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, islamweb.net this they have in Arabic um, I believe in, in, in English I was in, in I think French and maybe Spanish I don't know the other languages but I'm sure they have French as well Islam Web was established by the Ministry of Awqaf and Religious Affairs in Qatar and this is an amazing website and for me as a student of knowledge I think it's even better than Islam Q&A because a lot of the time it gives you the different madhabs so perhaps Islam Q&A might be better for and because it just gives you, more, sometimes it gives the different opinions and things like that, but it doesn't go into the detail. But this one, obviously, even though it's sometimes not that long, it does give you the different methods. So for me, myself, obviously, it makes it very beneficial for me. So these are two amazing websites that we, we can go to as authentic resources. And then, alhamdulillah, even when it comes to other things, we have, for example, Quran.com. You have Sunnah.com, which is amazing. I don't, uh, the brothers and sisters who are, who are behind that, they've done an amazing job. And even, when you go to the, the books of the Sunan, of, uh, 
Sunan Abi Dawood, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, and Nasa'i, that even they mention on the bottom the um, the grading of these hadith by Sheikh Al-Albani, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. So a very brilliant website, which is sunnah.com. So you can go back and you can you can obtain and gain authentic knowledge, alhamdulillah, uh, all of those websites in, in war. But these are the main websites you can focus on and benefiting, inshallah ta'ala. If there's any other websites that I know, I can mention them, inshallah ta'ala, um, uh, later, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, or you can ask about them during the Q&A. So where do we start, Yaquan? And what is it that we need to learn? This is the first question. What we need to learn and what we need to start with, Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala, he was asked a similar question. And he said, مَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ فِي يَوْمِهِ وَفِي لَيْلَتِهِ He said, what is wajib, what is compulsory upon you in your night and your day? This is the main thing that you need to focus on. What is the main things, what you need to know in your religion? This is what you need to focus on. Knowing the basics of your, of your, of your creed, of your belief, of your iman. Knowing the basics of how to make wudu, of how to pray, all of these things. And Imam Ahmed, he was asked by Ishaq ibn Mansur. He said, what is the knowledge that we should aim for? And he said, it's the knowledge that benefits the people in the affairs of the religion, Imam Ahmed. He said, it's the knowledge that benefits the people in the affairs of the religion. So Ishaq said to him, he said, you mean in what comes to wudu and prayer and fasting and hajj and divorce and these type of things? And he said, yes, this is the knowledge. The things that you need in your religion. And he mentioned, you see the basics when it comes to your wudu. There's no excuse for a Muslim to come and not know the basics of how to make wudu. And he, and he and be making mistakes in wudu. I found people who have been making mistakes in their wudu and he, for many years because they didn't learn. If you learn properly, then you wouldn't be making these mistakes. When it comes to your salat, there's not an excuse to be able to, to not know what to do when you're praying because we do it five times a day. All of us need to know this. When it comes to fasting, we fast every Ramadan. There's no excuse to keep falling into mistakes. When it comes to hajj, if you're going to go for hajj, now these, these, these things, the, the, the the siyam, the fasting, uh, the fasting, the, the prayer, the wudu, the things that all of us do. Or even fasting, for example, if you don't fast, what do you need to do because you're sick and, you're not, and you, you have a, a disease that's un, an, an uncurable disease? So what is it that you need to do? You need to know this. Maybe someone who's healthy doesn't need to know this. So pay attention to what Imam Malik is saying, is that what's wajib upon you in your night and day. When it comes for hajj, not everybody goes for hajj. Not everybody has the money, not everybody has the means. But if you're going for hajj, it becomes wajib. It becomes compulsory upon you to know what are the basics of uh, and how to make hajj and what is a proper hajj and what is improper. All of these things you need to know it becomes wajib upon you before you go for hajj. Now, if you're not going for hajj, it's sunnah, it's mustahab, it's praiseworthy for you to know how to make the, the rulings of hajj, but it's not thought upon you until it's time for you to go. Um, also, when it comes to zakat, another example is the zakat that if money, it becomes wajib, fard upon you to know. If you don't have money, it's good, it's a pillar of Islam. You should know the basics, at least the basic fundamentals, but you might not have to know in depth, obviously, because you're not somebody who pays the zakat. If you're married, what is the, issue, the rulings of the issues of talaq? As Imam Ahmed was asked here, he mentioned the issue of divorce, subhanAllah. How many times in the counseling sessions we deal with the issues and people come to us, Sheikh, Sheikh, they said that I divorced my wife three times. Allah Akbar, what are we supposed to do? I heard there's a fatwa from some of the scholars. So all the four imams, if you knew your deen, all of them say that if you divorce your wife three times by saying talaq, 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 it's over, it's finished, there's no hope for you. Bismillah. You're in trouble. That's why you should know your religion, know the 
don't say this word because you're married now, you're married. Don't say that word because of the dangers of it. True, Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah ibn Qayyim has said this talaq, talaq, talaq is a form of bid'ah. It's a form of innovation, therefore it only happens once. Once you study, you know this as well. But the point is, the four imams, all of them, they said that this happens as three talaqs, not as one. So pay attention to that. This is the danger. You need to know these things. And this is the basic fundamentals that all of us need to know if we're married or if we're from our prayer or from our wudu. This is what we need to learn. This is what we need to focus on in the beginning. And there's two key points or two key principles that I want to mention here that's very, very important. First of all, that we stay away from the major issues before we learn the basic issues of knowledge. We stay away from the major big issues of knowledge before we understand the basic fundamentals. We mentioned in the beginning the Alam Rabbani, that Ibn Qayyim mentioned. And the Alam Rabbani, as the scholars mentioned, uh, in, in Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, and the Sahaba mentioned it as well, that the Alam Rabbani, kibarihi. That the Alam Rabbani, the one who, 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 who makes the tarbiyah, who teaches and upbrings the people as they should be, they're the ones who, he teaches them the small issues of knowledge before the big issues. Teaches them the small issues of knowledge before the big issues. Us as students of knowledge, we need to understand this as well. That if we're going to be proper students of knowledge, we have to follow the way of the Alam Rabbani, which is that we learn the small issues before we learn the major issues. SubhanAllah, I remember that any, sometimes you sit with some brothers, we would be in Medina, people would come and they would talk about things. One time, uh, one of our brothers, mashallah, he's doing a very good job in Da'wah now, may Allah bless him, in America, he said there was a brother who came from the States uh, making uh, Umrah, and he said, he said, I was walking down in, in Masjid Nabwi in the Prophet's mosque, and I with his brother, and I was showing him around some of this, he was like, man, ah, you know, he's like, Phew. I'm just trying to get down with this takhreej, ah, I really want to learn this takhreej. The brother, he, he said, did I hear? He said, what did you say, brother? He, he was surprised by hearing this guy who couldn't speak Arabic, didn't know much about the deen, just learning the basics. He was told him he wanted to learn the science of takhreej, which is one from the science of hadith. I mean, takhreej, and it's, it's in-depth knowledge. And most even student knowledge, I, I barely use it myself. I usually go to what other scholars have done with it and take from what they've done. It's, it's something very in-depth. When you gather up all the different, the turuq, the asanid, the different chains of narration of the hadith, and you gather them all up and you see what the scholars said about them, that's very difficult. That's something that not any, 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 any student of knowledge can do. It's very difficult. Obviously, we studied it, all of us, and we studied Medina. We studied it in, in, in detail or in some detail, but it's not something that any, many people are good at. No. And here's this guy coming who doesn't know the basics of knowledge, told me he wants to learn these things. Say, oh, hold on, brother, slow down. Learn the basics and then come and study takhrij. It's, it's a science that all of us should know if we're more advanced students of knowledge, at least have the basic fundamentals, the basic knowledge. But it's not something going to come now from America saying that you're going to know. So that's all we could cover for today's show with the given time. But inshallah, we will continue with this, with the second and the last part of this webinar the, the next time we get the chance, inshallah. I hope this was beneficial and if you have any feedbacks, comments or suggestions, please do let us know. I would like to remind the listeners that you know we will be continuing with our regular live shows for Welcome to Islam by Luton Revert Group on usually in the last Sundays of the month and also in collaboration with Hockwell Ring Mosque New Muslim Circle. So please do join us for our regular shows as well. And until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.